Okay, well then, hold on. Let me get a drink. Or oh, look, look at my, look at my mug. Hey, I got. I that's got, nice. I, I like got, that. I got this at the show. That's fucking sick, dude. I've really come around to the to the seventy two seasons design yeah. and kind of vibe to it. Because like initially, I was like, I didn't know what to make of it. I was like, do I like it or do I not? Now I'm very much on board. Also got these koozies. Wow. Um, anyway, yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> suck up. I, <laughs> I like I like yellow and black, which is funny because yeah. I, like, I don't like striper at all. But I mean, I do like I do like <laughs> yellow and black. But anyway, I, I I do like bees. Bees are cool. Yeah, bees and D's nuts. Nuts. Hey. So, <laughs> hello everyone. On that note, we're starting. <laughs> this is uh, this is cranked and ranked. Welcome to cranked and ranked. The show where we rank uh, band discographies and shit, and we're doing another one today. And if you're in the uh, in the podcast world, welcome. In the video world, that was me. I was silently waving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we're back with another. Uh, you know, it's a it's a fairly short discography, um, but uh, a, a very impactful one. And I'm hmm. um, very excited to talk about this. Uh, today. We're going to be ranking the, well, the the studio albums plus one compilation of Black Flag. And um, yeah, we're doing the compilation just because they didn't release any albums, actual albums, quote unquote, prior to Rollins being the vocalist. And so um, I, I felt like that should be represented. So we did. Absolutely. We did a compilation um, that they put out. Uh, but we'll get to that. But uh, mm-hmm. welcome, everybody. Uh, as usual, old head with me as always, Eddie Sparks. Yo. Yeah. So, um, I yeah, I feel I feel like we got some momentum back here because we had you know we had a break yeah. and now we're doing some shows and um, it is funny that last week we did a show that I thought was one of the funnest ones we did and it's got some such low numbers and I was like this. <laughs> That's just how it works because it's like, yeah. you, but I want to remind if you're listening to this today, go back and listen to the uh, or watch the uh, Encino Man slash Airhead special because it's uh, it's fun. It, it's it's whether you whether you give a shit about those two movies or not. It was a blast doing that episode, <laughs> but I have a feeling this one's going to be a blast as well. Talking about absolutely black flag. So. I, I you know what? I haven't even thought about this because normally when we begin these rankings, we talk about where the band first entered our lives. And I think for me, it was in the early nineties. I seem to remember I had a really good friend who, whose dad was a pastor in a, in a church and they went on some (laughs) kind of retreat and invited me to come with them. And it was like a, it wasn't like a retreat to go do, you know, praying and stuff. It was actually a retreat where we went and did, um, uh, I don't know why I said cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we went and did stuff for this, uh, organization called Habitat for Humanity. Do you know what that is? Do they have that over there as well? I've, I- I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we like actually worked on fixing up somebody's house. Uh, with Habitat mm. for Humanity, but I was I was you know in my early teens. Like I think this may have been 
93, 2, 92. Um, anyway, but I remember that we went to, I don't remember, I think we went, we went to San Antonio, but then um, one of our off days are like, oh, we're going to go on a trip just right across the border to Mexico and just look at like the border town stuff and hang out for the day. The long story short, on the way there, the bus driver was playing the album Damaged in the as we were going. And I was no so way. just like, this is a church retreat. This is some this is some aggressive stuff. And the guy was like, Yeah, this is Black Flag. And I was like, Black Flag. I was just like, you know, I didn't know who they were, yeah. but I was just like, oh fuck, yeah. And and I really liked it. <laughs> and and then it was it really got to the point where Around that same time, I was introduced to the Rollins band. And once I was able to make that connection of like, oh, Henry Rollins was in Black Flag, then, you know, everything kind of clicked. And I've been a fan of Henry Rollins in mm-hmm. in the grand scope of things, not just musically, but the man since I was a teenager. Um, so it ended up bringing me back to getting into all Black Flag. and uh, And so that was, you know. I wasn't like, you know, there back in the day because I was, you know, barely a, a child um, when they were putting out their their original albums. But mm-hmm. uh, but I eventually got around to it. And then uh, so what what about you? Had you prior to this, had you heard entire Black Flag albums before? Um, uh, the first Black Flag song I ever heard was My War. And that's ah, on that's a good one that that's on the soundtrack to GTA five. And no. it's on the oh yeah yeah it's there's a you know how in San Andreas which we covered we did an episode where we ranked all of the radio stations you know there's a yeah. there's a station in that called Radio X well the um, that one's set in 1992 GTA Five the most recent entry which turns ten years old this month in about a week which is fucking insane. Wow. Really yeah. six already, for God's sake. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, there's a... Radio X in this separate universe is called Channel X, and it plays hardcore punk from the late 70s and 80s. All right. And it's got stuff like early suicidal tendencies on it, you know, um, TSOL. Yeah. All the adolescence all of that stuff the germs all of that stuff's on there nice uh and my war was the black flag song on there and i was struck by it because i was like this is like thrash but not produced at all and i was like this is cool this is something i haven't been exposed to yet and i was like you know this punk thing might have something to it you know i knew a lot of metal at that point i wasn't really a punk guy yeah but uh, as soon as I heard my war, I was like, oh, I'm going to check some of this stuff out. But it took me a long time to get around to it because around then, I'd, for some reason, I just got like blindsided by the misfits and I just deep dived into them. Oh, I think a lot and, of if, when you're young, that happens. I think that the, yeah. the misfits just sabotage everything punk. They did for me, too, at first. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so after that, years passed and then eventually... I came across the album My War and I listened to it all the way through. And then when it gets to like the the really heavy slow songs at the end I was like this sounds like grunge before grunge. Yeah. And then that just opened a whole other thing. I was like well, I like thrash, I like grunge. 
And this clearly influenced both. Yeah. So then, you know, years down the line, we're now doing this episode where I finally deep dived and listened to all the albums. Nice. And um, discovered that I genuinely don't know if there is a right or wrong ranking here, barring maybe like one or two releases. I mean, there, there never is. The, but yeah. Yeah. This, this is one where I feel like there's so many different angles that you could come at this with, depending on musically, not your experience with music, but not, but just, you know, what you like and what you enjoy. Um, so it's, this is definitely a ranking of preference as opposed to quality, in my opinion. Like, yeah, there's a little bit that's going to be about quality, but yeah, you're, yeah. I, you're, you're correct. I really do. I feel like anybody else's ranking. For the most part, I'd be like, yeah, I, it's hard to argue with that because it's <laughs> um, it's such an odd discography, too. And we'll get into it because um, mm. there there are a lot of things about the albums that I've always had questions about. And I always yeah. and I always feel like they would be the kind of questions that I wouldn't actually get real answers about. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get into that, but. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, and it, and it's interesting to think, you know, how much, I think that's why it, people are still drawn to seventies, eighties, nineties music because those were all decades where it wasn't like there was one dominating thing that sort of came up and then that's the music of a certain decade. There, if you mm. dig into it, especially in the 80s, there's so many things that are all like coming out of the 70s. Where 70s were already influential on all these different things, but then, yeah, not only do you have some, some rock bands, you know, that influence punk bands, but then the punk bands influence bands that would become the hardcore bands. The hardcore bands would end up doing, you know, uh, uh, influencing metal bands at some point, but then you'd have mm-hmm. hardcore bands that splintered off into post-hardcore that would end up. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then you have thrash metal, then you have black metal, then you have, like all of these different things that in the eighties, it's like the tree just went from having, you know, a dozen branches yeah. to a thousand branches. And then we've never looked yeah. back. And so it's and black flag is one of those bands that I feel like what they did at the time was equal parts um, inspiring to people and pissing people off that I think that it just, they touched so much, so many yeah. musicians that we look up to as like, these people are fucking geniuses. So many of them will point back and go, well, Black Flag is one of the bands where it started from. Um, so yeah. that's just fascinating to me. Just that, that all is, that. That, <laughs> that is true, because like, I've always thought, you know, through the seventies, but you know, by the end of the seventies, you pretty much end up with rock, punk, and metal. You know, and in the eighties, it just goes, okay, well, there's like twenty different versions of each of these now. Yeah, and then by the nineties, there's like five or six versions of those each twenty ones, and and now it's just crazy. Yeah, now, it, it's it's got to the point now where like labels are kind of arbit- arbitrary. Cause like, yeah, that's you, you're, 
There are, there are a lot, of, either, are a lot of bands that I hear people go, oh, yeah, this is a great thrash band. And I'll listen to it and I go, this doesn't really sound like thrash. But I guess if you take this one element of it, then they're a thrash band. Yeah. But that's because... Blackened like, progressive piss grind. You know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. Once, once, <laughs> once you've got more than three words <laughs> in your genre, it's time to just fucking call it one thing. Yeah. I mean, or, at, at, at this point, music is so easily accessible... To, to find yeah. stuff you, We shouldn't even be fucking with genres anymore It should literally be I'm into this band uh, They're called uh, Fuck your Yankee Blue Jeans And and they're, and somebody's like well, What do they sound like? And the answer answer to that should be Google <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah Like, you know, just like you Go listen to them It should be, you know A band representing themselves with a sound Obviously there are still yeah. plenty of bands That are that are honed in on one particular thing Some of them I love oh, yeah, Some absolutely. of them I don't But anyway Black Flag were not that band Like no. listening to their shit in order It's You just hear I don't I I fuck I don't even know I don't know what the plan was I don't think it went to plan and I think whatever plan they had changed multiple times as the band was going on. But um, I think it was very much a mindset of subvert everything possible. Yeah. It was like, hey, these are the punk conventions right now. We're going to we're going to, you know, go the other way. Yeah. You know, it's cool. It's cool to have your hair buzzed short. OK, well, we're going to grow ours out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just to piss you off, and you know, yeah, yeah, that's fun. I like that attitude. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. There's, you know, there'll be plenty of me talking about the progression of a band, spite core, a band, <laughs> <laughs> um, a band giving you different shit, um, which I, which I love. So let's let's just get started. So we have eight total albums to rank where seven of them are actual albums and then the one that we chose to represent the early days of black flag was uh yeah the, the first four years yes. um which if you really want to dig into it their discography is is a little confusing the same way like the misfits and other bands are as well where if you really want to because the first four years is supposed to be everything that they released prior to Rollins. But if you go listen to Everything Went Black, there are songs that aren't on the first four years. But that's because yeah. that was released after Rollins was in the band. But anyway, so we chose the first four years to represent if we were going in order. These are the things they released. Um, and we yeah. just we just didn't bother with the Everything Went Black part of it. But um and of course, leaving out EPs and little things like that. But uh, but you know, so eight things total. So this this is definitely going to be interesting. Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say we have the same number eight. Uh, but I'm going to let yep. you. I'm going to let you lead it off. This is probably everyone around the world. This is number eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's this is it. a pretty unanimous unanimous decision, isn't this? Um, so my number eight. No surprise. Damaged. No, no I'm <laughs> with you. I'm fucking. No, it's what the. <laughs> what the. From 20, yeah. 2013. Their seventh album, that's also my number eight, that was made 30, almost 30 years after their last album. Um, yeah. But let's get, let's get uh, the Eddie Sparks take on this appropriately titled album. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie here. Generally speaking, I'll do a track by track. 
but I, you but I won't camp to. out here. Yeah, it's like I, I won't camp out here too long. But I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you my thoughts, and they are as follows: the artwork looks like South Park fan art drawn by a toddler. Um, <laughs> the twenty-two tracks that make up this album, twenty-two, just I just feel indifferent to. You know, it, it's. It's one of those albums I would never really reach for again, but also can't really pick out anything in particular that offended me, which in a way, if I'm going to a Black Flag album, <laughs> I want to feel like they're trying to piss me off a little bit. Oh, they, even oh, if they, they don't. They piss me off. I'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. It's like, if I have anything to say about a song here, I would say pretty much the same for every song. Uh, There's a reason for it's that. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, because it's pretty much just, you know, start with a bass riff, go into a one to two minute punk song and uh, do that 22 times. Yeah. And there's not really anything of, of note. It's just that's the thing about Black Flag is that the, you know, violent twists and turns and what's coming next there's not really any of that here because it's just no 22 tracks of exactly what you expect one after another it's just kind of it is disappointing like what what's what's the lineup on this album it, i mean ov obviously it's not henry L rollins no no it's um, uh, ron reyes on vocals which ron reyes was the second black flag vocalist back in the day i believe he was one of the early vocalists so he's back um, obviously, you have Greg Ginn, but Greg Ginn is playing guitar and bass. And then hmm. I don't know the drummer. It's a different. It's a drummer that I I've, I hadn't heard of prior to this. He might be somebody that's known in the punk community or something, but I I didn't know him previously. Um, uh, it's Gregory Moore. Gregory Moore. Yeah. Um, and and you know what? They fucked him over with this because the drum sound is is atrocious. The whole sound of it is atrocious. But. Um, and, and and that's that's comparing it to albums that sound pretty bad. Some of them. <laughs> so um, yeah. But you no, know, the thing you're saying about like you would say the same thing for every song. The thing that blows me away about this album is the majority of it sounds like a punk rock DJ mix, where yeah. every song could just lead right into the next song. And I swear to God, like. I get confused on where I am in this album, but also it sounds like they literally just got together in a room one day, started jamming, playing similar things all in a row for 45 minutes. They recorded all of it. Then they just separated it into different tracks and said, Ron, write different vocals over each one of these things. So it's like if you, you could easily just put everything together as one song barring maybe one or two tracks the last track i think is actually different but it really does sound like it was just edited from the same jam session because every even though he's playing different yeah. notes all the songs are like the same he's like he didn't even fucking try this is like mm. this is the perfect example of i i don't know what happened but they literally took what could have been cool it, it, it could have been a cool thing. I'm I'm fine with this lineup of the band. Ron Reyes, Greg Ginn, the, the drummer, whatever. Put out an album. But it really feels like on the day they all just went, oh, can't be bothered. And so they just 
threw this piece of shit yeah. out there. And then like same thing with the artwork. Like cuz Ron Reyes is the one who did the artwork and it's almost like they just went yeah, they need some artwork. What do you got? I have this th- weird thing that I just fucked around with last night while I was drunk. Yeah, throw that on there. That looks fine. And what it boils down to is like I almost feel like with the name of the album, the cover of the album, the way that everything's laid out on the album, it's literally like if you took if you just polled 50 kids at Hot Topic and said, hey, you know that Black Flag logo on your shirt, right? They're an actual band. Um, what do you think their album would be like? And they just put together this album of like, this is punk-ish, and uh, and we, we yeah. don't want to try too hard because punk is not trying hard. And uh, But it, they, it's almost like the, the mastermind behind the whole thing, Greg Ginn, completely lost sight of what the fuck made Black Flag so cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely got a vibe of um, what the yeah what the what the what the f- appropriate what the? it's an appropriate title I will give you that um, but I mean I think it it wouldn't piss me off so much if there weren't elements that made me feel like this could have been good because sometimes the the little riffs and melodies the the odd Greg Guinness of it all. Sometimes I'll hear something and go, oh, man, this could have been such a fucking good song. And then it just goes mm. into the same old bullshit. And lyrically speaking, I'm just like, ah, eh, it's fine. It's whatever. Don't, it doesn't matter. I'm not really going to blame Ron for it because I feel like he probably did his best with what he was given. But yeah, it, I just feel like it's 22 tracks of wasted potential. Yeah, it's like it's like a, something that could have been enjoyable presented with minimal effort. And it's just, it ends up being 43 minutes of a, like a torturous punk rock jerk off that, that where you, where you never come. (laughs) It's like the album just ends and you get no pleasure whatsoever out of it. And you got to go to bed. Um, I've been jerked off for 50 straight minutes. No lube. You just, you don't even nut. Yeah. It's it's barely even songs. It's just one of those things where that, that's part of my thing. I have, I, I, cause I I really feel like if I could sit down and talk to Greg Ginn about it, I don't think he would be honest. I don't think we Mm -hmm. could, I could have an honest discussion with Greg Ginn about what the fuck happened with yeah. this what the, yeah with what the because <laughs> I, I really because knowing what i know about him i don't think that would happen i don't i don't think mm. we i we're ever going to actually honestly know what the deal was and uh what the well, i fine it's a piece of genius you're right <laughs> uh, <laughs> the joke's on the us the joke man. is what on the? us yeah. um <laughs> anyway anything else to say about that one because i'm done i'm done with that shit it's an ironic masterpiece that got us to say the album title a fuckload of times. Yeah. By being the worst Black Flag album. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, now we got that out of yeah. the way. Let's get into some to just a big, huge chunk of classic shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So um, now I'm thinking... I'm trying to I'm trying to think to myself are we going to have the same number 7 I, I could could, could be my number 7 uh will annoy some people out there but um Okay okay I I'm not sure if mine will so my number 7 is Family Man No the no that is not my number 7 Okay cool <laughs> um 
I have a pretty simple reason for Family Man being number seven. And it's that it's a half-spoken word, half-instrumental album. You know, I, I like my punk in the form of songs. And this is like a deconstructed Black Flag. Yes. It's cool. Yes. It is cool. And I think it's really cool that they were like, oh, we just... Is this the first one that came out after Damage? No, My War came out, and then it was it's Family Man, was it? Yeah, My War, Family Man, and then um, Slip It In. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. All, all yeah. in the same so, year. All in 1984. It's insane. So, like, like I say, this is like, side one is spoken word. Family Henry Man. Family Man. Family man <laughs> family <laughs> man <laughs> uh what's the one where he says he cut off his left arm the, the good, good one, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah man I, I love rollins so much but i especially love young angry confused rollins because yeah. like one of the best books in the world to read if you get a chance is called get in the van and it's literally just put together all of rollins uh journals from the the tours with black flag which were fucking hell on everybody in the band but just being inside the mind of this early 20s kid who's like figuring it all out as we're reading it and i'm just like it's so fucking fascinating but anyway good yeah yeah i I highly recommend it if anyone hasn't read it it's you, you can also get it on audio with rollins reading it himself so that's pretty cool too that is cool. Yeah. Because, like, even even though this is my number seven, none of this sounds phoned in. Like, he means Oh, no. It. No, he is. They fucking mean what they're doing. And I got mad respect for that. Just so happens that um, the albums that pushed it to this place, I just prefer to listen to. Um, but I do think it is a, a bold thing as a punk band turn around and say hey look the first half of this is spoken word yeah and the second half has barely any vocals so you get half and half fuck you well, the free, yeah, I think that's why on the, on, on the <laughs> yeah. vinyl it's all spoken word and then one song with vocals but then the whole yeah. side b is just instrumentals and yeah very and very and them being very weird with the instrumentals Absolutely, but yeah, it's, but this is the beginning of my favorite lineup of Black Flag, because it's the first one that has Kira on bass with Bill Stevenson on drums, um, and then of, of course Greg and Rollins. But um, I was going to say I, I'm not very clued up on the on the lineups. So so uh, that lineup played on Family Man, Slip It In, all the rest of the albums from Family Man on had that lineup. And Bill Stevenson, if you don't know, is the drummer slash one of the songwriters for Descendants. And right. So and it's an interesting I'll get to that later, but there's an interesting another thing where I have questions um for Black Flag slash Descendants. But just this collection of of musicians, I just love what they brought, especially if you watch live footage of this version of the band. They were fucking on fire. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, but that's, but this is where it all began with uh, technically the, that one song is the only song that they're all on on this album, but there you go. 
Yeah. Um, and it's, again, like I say, it's cool. It just so happened to get pushed down by everything, everything else. Yeah. Because it's presented in a way that I would prefer to listen to. So that's, that is my number seven family man. Family, family man. man. Um, so, um, like I said, this is going to annoy some people because ever, ever since I first got into black flag way back in the day or well, way back in my day, um, there have been the, the camp of people that I usually run into that claim that this is the only real good black flag. And um, I don't agree, uh, but you know that to, to each their own. My number seven is the first four years from okay. 1983, which is a collection of all of the stuff that they released, seven inches and uh, uh, comp tracks, I believe, uh, from before Rollins joined the band. So you got uh, Keith Morris, who went on to be in the Circle Jerks, singing for a few songs, Ron Reyes for a few songs, and then Des. Des Cadena, who uh, who also on Damaged uh, would play rhythm guitar, but um, hmm. so three different vocalists, um, and I think there's one song that Chuck Dukowski does vocals on too, who was the bass player at the time, and um, I I like this. It's fun. It is enjoyable every time I've listened to it, but I think because my introduction to Black Flag was Damaged. And I'm a Rollins mm. fan. I I like the experimental and and sort of pushing boundaries and 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 subverting, as you said, everything version of Black Flag. But with first four years, especially this stuff with Keith Morris on vocals, it just sounds way too much like cookie cutter punk music. Yeah. Not to be fair, yeah, that I, was I in the late seven. It was in the late seventies. So you know it. it I can't really say much about it, but I'm just talking about as personally when I come to it, I go, well, there are some classic tracks here and you know, some tracks would later be on damaged done by other vocalists. And I'm like, yeah, but there's there, the, some of the energy just isn't there for me. And because I wasn't there at the time, um, I wasn't, I didn't hear this stuff when it came out. I have a feeling if you hear it when it came out, like I'm pretty sure Henry Rollins himself would be like, no, no, that's the good black flag. Um, because he was a big fan mm. of them because of these things that they were putting out. So I'm not discounting them in any way. I just think when put up to everything else they put out, when it comes to putting an effort mm. to, to do something original and different and make a stamp and, and say, fuck you to, to the status quo of punk rock. Um, first four years is more living in the status quo of punk rock and what would become yeah. hardcore. But so um, it is fun to hear the evolution of the band because it's all in chronological order. So you clearly hear them building to more hardcore kind of, kind of sound. Um, and, and it's only about 25 minutes long, isn't it? It's yeah. not very long. Yeah, it's not long. Yeah. Um, and for the most, for the most part, you got Robo on drums uh, which mm. ro which Robo uh, was a drummer in the Misfits for a lot of that classic mm -hmm. Misfits stuff, and um, I, I really do feel like when you listen to this in context with everything they did, this feels so so much like wor they're workshopping what Black F Black Flag actually is. 
Um, and then they eventually get to what Black Flag actually is close to the end of the album. And um, mm. which I prefer that the stuff with Descadena on on vocals out of all this stuff is the stuff that I like the most. Um, I think probably because he has the harshest delivery. And then, of course, you get to Rollins, whose delivery is just pretty much harsh from the get go. Um, mm. But yeah, I, it's it's great. It's just uh, it, it is not go to Black Flag for me. And I realize that that goes against a lot of people because this is the go to Black Flag for them. But not me. I uh, I want uh, I want my Black Flag um, with with Rollins and with Greg Greg Ginn playing notes that don't actually go with the song. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what I like. Yeah. Um, so that's my number seven. Cool. I'm gonna bounce right off of that because my number six is the first four years. Nice. Um, and yeah, I like how this turned out. So uh, <laughs> nervous breakdown is a is a punk classic. Uh, fix me it always makes me smile when punk songs are less than a minute long you know yeah yeah <laughs> you know just get in do their job and get out you know yeah, i've had it attitude is dripping off of this one complete with snarky laughing uh wasted is another shorty you know the last we hear keith morrison um jealous again yeah i love that these eps are all like five minutes each but they pack so much energy because this is Obviously, this is a compilation made up of like four or five EPs. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, R- Revenge, it, I mean, this stuff must have been incredible to see live at the time. Oh, you hell know? yeah. It, I this bet. Was, I bet. You know, revolutionary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's music that, you know, is so purposefully brash and unpolished that it was just kind of a game. Well, it was a massive game changer at the time. Yeah. Um, white minority. You know, Ron Reyes is the guy on this EP. Yeah. Yep. Like this and on, and on yeah. what the. Yeah. What the. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, <laughs> no values has great riffing. Uh, you bet we've got something personal against you. Incredible fucking song title. Let's just say that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, clocked in. Love the frantic bendy bits. Six pack. Love me some bass. Uh, I've heard it before, is Dissonance Personified. Uh, American Waste has a great shouty chorus, Machine. How anyone can have vocals like that and be able to talk like that after <laughs> baffles me. Yeah. Like, like I, I listen to some of these punk vocalists and it's like, dude, how? Physically how? Yeah. Are you not bleeding in your throat right now? I mean, they probably were, to be fair. Um, but yeah, Louie Louie is a black flagged cover of louis louis yeah uh and damaged one clocking in at over four minutes this track may as well be a dream theater song uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah whenever i see a black flag song that exceeds the the four to five minute mark i'm like wow okay we're we're in for some we're in for some sludgy and or weird stuff yeah agreed mm. All right, over to me for my number. That, yeah. So, so um, my, my number six. Um, the these two, my number six and my number five. I really had to like think about it because they're very close together for me. Um, but I ended up with number six as in my head from 1985, one of two nice. albums they put out in 1985. Also, it's it's important to note that sure they put out three albums in '84, two albums in '85, but I think they also put out live albums each year as well. <laughs> so yeah. so there's a, a lot going on. 
But um, In My Head is their sixth album. And it's the final album of what I consider the classic lineup. And um, mm-hmm. it, it apparently was intended to be a Greg Ginn solo album at first. And I guess I hear a little bit of that in this. Um, because there I, is a bit of a departure stylistically, isn't there? Like, out it of gets the, weirder. Yeah, out of the 285 albums, this is definitely the more experimental one. Um, and, uh, and, the, and honestly, and I don't know which one, which version of this you, um, listen to, but I'm, I'm, mine is about the original nine track version. Um, there's a version out now where they took the EP they would put out after this and they put it in the middle I of the album. It. Yeah. They put it in the middle yeah. of the album. So, um, but I'm not talking about that. So, um, but I would say that, you know, when you're dealing with in my head and loose nut in my head, I guess I would consider it more interesting than loose nut, but just not as enjoyable. And it's almost like those two albums are like the yin and yang of each other. And, and at Mm. the end of the day, I will find myself wanting to listen to in my head less than uh, loose nut but there, there's so much on in my head that I'm just like, this is fucking cool as hell. Um, but that leads me to a question that I would ask Greg Ginn that he would never, ever honestly answer me. Because coming as a person that, you know, I, I know how to play guitar. I know how to write songs. I've, I've been doing it for 30 years um, whether or not anyone thinks what I do is any good is a different story. I'm not trying to say I'm good at what I do. I'm just saying I've done it. But um, some of the stuff that Greg Ginn does, because if you listen, his guitar playing is loaded with fuck ups. He always yeah, yeah, fucks yeah. <laughs> up. And and I know that it, maybe that was intentional or maybe they were just rushed to get things recorded. And that was the whole point. But then there's sometimes where his stuff is he's doing kind of odd notes and things that don't seem to like they're being played wrong. And I think a lot of people are too quick to jump on that and go, oh, he's incorporating jazz. I I am a really big fan of Black Flag, but I'm all like. Are you sure? <laughs> I I knew I knew you were going to bring this up because I was listening to this album. I heard what people were saying. Yeah, like you, you know, it's that whole it's that whole thing of you know we'll play something that sounds off and say it's jazz. Yeah. You know? So the people pe- so I, I people I, have like arbitrarily given it that label. I, I feel and I I feel like I want to know how much of it is. He is just not very good at doing this. <laughs> so, and his ineptitude <laughs> is what led to his style. And because I like it, but mm. at this point, it's been done. So, if I hear other bands coming out and they're just doing this like, I'm going to go get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Because Greg Ginn already did it. Um, now, whether or yeah. not he was the first person to do it, that's a different story altogether. But um, he was the first person that I heard do that kind of shit, which where, where I go, 
there's very little talent in there when it comes to the actual performing of the music. So it's I've always listened to it and I've gone, is it, was it intentional? Did he just not care and he was just throwing notes on top of it? You know, was, was this shit written out and planned that way? Or did was he just like, I'm just going to play whatever when we record it and that's going to be the song? Because that's interesting as well. Um, so, and I, I, th- I feel like at the end of the day, it's probably a little bit of all of that <laughs> put yeah. together, you know? I, I definitely think if there is a music genre where you can fail upwards, it's going to be a punk offshoot <laughs> of some yeah. kind. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, it's, it, if you can turn around and say, oh, yeah, my influencers are punk, people will kind of give you a pass. Yeah. If you're if you're a sloppy player, because you'll be like, oh, you're playing into the punk thing that people, you know, like something to be a little sloppy or, or things. Yeah. And th- there is a beauty to that in that it feels quintessentially human that this music could only be performed this fuck upedly by a human. Yeah, you know? yeah, you know? yeah. You know, you know. Try, try to get your AI to program an actual punk sounding song like this. There's no fucking way. It's gonna be too perfect. It, yeah, I mean, I suppose if you fed it like years worth of Black Flag bootlegs, it may be able to piece together some cheap imitation that's borderline convincing but yeah it's even then but it's yeah because yeah. it, but it, it is one of those things where and i and i i I need, I need to actually go back and read get in the van again because it's been like 20 years since i read it but i wonder yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm thinking did, did rollins actually address this in the book about the recording techniques because was it the kind of thing where they where greg ginn was obsessive about um we're, we're getting this shit on tape as quickly as possible so the moment is there um, cause that would make a yeah. lot more sense. It'd be like, doesn't matter. That fuck up wasn't bad enough. We're mo- we're moving on, yeah. which, which that's kind of an interesting way to do things. But as he, as it got further along and shit was produced better, that's when my questions mm. start coming up. So loose, nut and in my head, that's when the questions of like, yeah, w- what, what the, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like the, cause the, pr- the production on those is, is pretty good comparatively yes. to yes. something like damaged. Yeah, so I so I've always if it's always been just one of those curiosities that I'm like, well, I would love to be able to pick Greg Ginn's brain and actually get the answers, but at the same time, maybe I don't. Like maybe maybe this sort of muddled um view of of how everything works is what makes it really cool because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Mm. I really enjoy this whatever put these people together to make this music because it's just so just like i i like it like you you you, you nailed it with that that subversive um word because i just feel like that's what i enjoy so much about rollins era black flag is they start off with this fucking absolute classic like hardcore album and then little by little every single thing is just them going you like that huh fuck you <laughs> yeah yeah literally <laughs> and uh, and i like i love that i love that kind of shit anyway yeah so um you like what we made dumbass yeah poser <laughs> yeah um yeah <laughs> but yeah i just uh I, in my head is is great but it but i had to like decide am i going to put an album i enjoy above an album that's more interesting and that's what i ended up doing so in my head ends up being number six 
Um, so that leads us to your number five. Okay, so now this this is hot take territory now. Okay. So that, but like I said at the start, this is very much a case of this is this is where my ranking really enters the realm of preference over quality. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because I feel like everything onward could switch depending on my mood. But this week, the way I was feeling the albums. I've gone for damaged at number five. Dang. Okay. And right. I, I know, I know, I know. That's a that's a controversial thing to say. Yeah. But you know, it's the first full length first full length LP. Mm-hmm. It is the first release to feature Henry Rollins, and it is a hardcore punk classic. Oh yeah. With countless classic songs on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like where they evolved to sure a little more so like i like to hear that progression a little bit and this is a very very raw raw album like so much so that whenever the bass is just playing on its own you can hear the vibration of the snare wires in the snare drum which is yeah you know clearly they recorded that in a room just playing as they would live yeah which i fucking adore and respect like for for as much as i love for as much as I love the most polished of metal albums, this kind of music demands a certain um, intimacy, you know, that, that I agree. playing as a band in a room brings. Uh, Rise Above, classic. Need I say more, really, but, like, Spray Paint is a short but sweet one. And when I say short but sweet, I mean it's, like, less than 40 seconds long. Yeah. Uh, Six Pack is another classic. What I see, again, like I said, I love that you can hear the snare wires vibrating from the bass. It's just so um, real, you know? When people turn around and say, if someone turned around and said punk is the most real genre, I'd be like, yeah, I I can't deny that because like if you're in a room as a band that's what it sounds like i mean but you have to Um, you have to you have to remember too like you know it it has to do with time with technology and the time period too because if 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 punk had come about when we had garage band this wouldn't they'd fucking remove the shit that wasn't supposed to be there so it's almost like punk had had to exist late 70s early 80s when it was being put together so you would have these raw albums because that's how they had to do them um yeah so that's you know it's it's just one of those things where i feel like musically speaking if there's if there's a divine creator that's mapping everything out i'm like well he fucking did it right right there you know (laughs) absolutely yeah i mean that's immediately followed up with tv party which is another classic Mm -hmm. um thirsty and miserable you know that song title reminds me of doing the duke of edinburgh hikes i did in high school uh, police story uh, 133 what nah, nah 1 minute 33 of punk goodness is police story mm-hmm. uh, I've, I meant to type gimme 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 but it's put gimme gummies <laughs> <laughs> oh what a correct aren't you wonderful man could uh, Greg, Greg I, Ginn just sell the song to, to, a, to a gummy company like the lifesaver gummies yeah. and then they can have an ad where they yeah. go gimme gimme gummies and then, hey. I, you know, I, those are good. Lifesaver gummies, <laughs> delicious. I was 
I was going to say a punk band's going to love selling their song to a commercial. <laughs> at, at this at this point at this point there's a there's black flag shirts at every hot topic in America. So um, I think they're, you've got a point. I think they're fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> depression, great stuff. The, yeah. the song, not the mental illness. Uh, Room thirteen, some cool bendy bits in this. Damage two, uh, the cheeky bastards put two. Uh, first instead of damage one uh, because they're black flag and they do whatever the hell they want yeah. no more it's got bass in it uh, <laughs> pad- Chuck Dukowski <laughs> on bass yeah uh, padded cell is where I belong frankly uh, life of pain <laughs> tell me about it uh, and damaged one closes out the record and honestly it's a fucking great hardcore punk album yeah it just so happens that I personally like where Black Flag went later on more than Black Flag stripped back and just doing hardcore punk. Yeah, and and to be fair, you know the the albums that would follow would be more as a, as a more like a band with Rollins because Rollins was brought on board after that album was already recorded and he put the vocals on top of it. So um, yeah. it's not like he had any part to do with the songwriting in any way or lyric writing. Um, although I think the version of Damaged Damaged One is is him just just spe- talking. I, I, I'm try- I'm I don't know if that's the song. One of the songs is like him pretty much just riffing. I think. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah, I, I I love that album. That's not my number five. I, I already talked about what my number five is because I put it so close with in my head and then loose nut. So um, are you are you ready for mine? Yeah, I'm ready for yours. My, yeah, number five is Loose Nut for me from 1985. Uh, the uh, the second of the yeah. two albums from 1985. So, I mean, with these two albums, the production got better from what they were doing in '84, mm. and there's still a progression in the the music that they're doing because um, the the big thing for me that that you notice with Loose Nut is that Rollins all of a sudden is quote unquote singing. Um, there's there's a yeah. there's a melodic quality to what he's doing. You could call it singing, <laughs> but he uh, <laughs> but he does more of that over the songs and less yelling. And um, and honestly, loose nut overall for me um, feels more like a rock album than a punk album. Like sure, it's still it's still odd. And if you wanted to yeah. use the word punk to mean something other than a sound and more like a, an aesthetic or a or a a, a, a mindset, then yeah, it, it's 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 punk. But um, it just feels rock, and then sometimes a little metalish. Like like my favorite song on the album is "Annihilate" this week, which um, has a little bit has a little bit <laughs> of a, of a, of a metalish quality. I also love "I'm the One." "I'm the One's a fucking great song. Um, yeah, but I think this one I, I enjoy it because it it actually has songwriting from all four band members. So there's yeah. obviously Greg Ginn's all over it, but a few of the songs have writing credit from Rollins. Uh, I think one of the songs Kira uh, helped write, and then the last song Bill Stevenson wrote. So um, I, I I like the fact that it's it feels like a collective of the band, especially because that's my favorite version of Black Flag. Um, but yeah, to the, really the only thing with this one is that I feel like, um, it's a little, it feels a little bit restrained 
and okay. I like mm-hmm. the er, the few albums prior more because there's way more of a we could go off the rails at any time. Whereas this feels like it's a more focused and mapped out while still trying to be a little bit off kilter at times or whatever. But um, also with some straightforward fucking rock tunes. Um, I, I I really enjoy it, but I I enjoy the uh, other four for what they bring a lot more. So that leads us that leads us to number four. Your number four. Cool. So that yeah, that brings me to number four with in my head. Yeah. So like you said, in my head is kind of the the peak of the weird yeah like they they definitely put out their most strange stuff i think on this one it's the last lp of like the original run and they get pretty out there paralyzed is a fun heavy opener um something that immediately struck me with the crazy girl is that there's like a there's like a progressive edge to some of this stuff which sounds weird for a punk band but They've definitely got their prog on, so, and it, so that kind not, of shocked me about this album. I'm glad that you brought that up because here's another here's another black flag uh, mystery that I don't quite know the answer to. So, if you listen to Black Flag starting with probably uh, maybe not my war, but definitely Family Man through in my head, and then you listen to the Descendants. Starting at about, I don't want to grow up all the way through the album all, which I think is four, three or four albums. There are similar sounding songs where it's that weird progressive thing where where the the, the it has odd time signatures and odd um, guitar parts that kind of don't seem like they seem weird. And yeah. Descendants were doing that, in my opinion, way better. But <laughs> it was still Bill Stevenson. Bill Stevenson has always been there in the Descendants. So my question has always been: Was Bill Stevenson an influence on Greg Ginn's songwriting, or was it vice versa? Because there are so many little things where I could take you, I could take a moment from a Black Flag song and play you a moment from a Descendants song, one of the weirder ones, and go, you see, it's like very similar. Um, I just think the execution, uh, when it, when it comes to like music feeling like it's played by people that are all on the same page, <laughs> the, the descendants were <laughs> yeah. better at that, um, are, are better than that. They are that they're, they're still around today, but, but yeah, so, and they were, they were around kind of at the same time and, and, but really it was like descendants kind of went on hiatus because Milo went to college um, and then, then, then Bill Stevenson was in Black Flag, and then towards the end of the Black Flag run is when Descendants got back together and did their next uh, three albums, I believe. Yeah, it was when I want to mm. grow up, enjoy, and all um, were were those last three. So, um, but yeah, it's always been interesting to me to hear that, and they're the only two bands from that time period that sounded like that. Those particular yeah. odd progressive qualities. And so I've always just wanted to know, like, where, where, how did the overlap happen? Um, because I love it. I love that shit. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, it, 
that carried on with Black Love as well because you know they they really upped the weird borderline progressive thing on this album. Yeah. Um, White Heart is a big old viber. In my head is this like kind of chugging track. Uh, out of this world, Henry absolutely goes off on this. Mm-hmm. Um, now I listened to the version that has twelve tracks as opposed to nine. Okay. So you know I have I have some of the songs from I Can See You. So I can see you. You can see me. I can see you. You can see me. Um, also, can we talk about like the? Uh, I want to quickly just mention the artwork to "I Can See You." Yeah. For some reason, I just find it like there's just something weirdly abstractly threatening about it. Like <laughs> that, I just, I just kind of love. I, I like, I, I can't like. As far as Black Flag album artwork, like. It's not one that should stand out, but it's the fact that it's clearly a sniper, like a really abstractly drawn sniper aiming a gun at you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've always been struck by that image. Like, I, I always feel kind of scared when I look at it because I'm like, is that what it's like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it down, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's another thing that makes but, those that makes those albums when you're starting with. You know, well, I guess the, er, earlier that the artist uh, Raymond Raymond Pettibon, um, the guy that did a lot of the artwork, um, he yeah. he really did do some confrontational artwork. Um, yeah, and uh, and I think that's a, that's part of the package that makes a lot of that Black Flag stuff so cool. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I love that whole I love that whole aesthetic to it though. It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's. Like, I, I get this vibe from a lot of Black Flag album art, to be fair. I'm like, I'm scared, but not in a metal way. I'm kind of like, ooh. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, am I going to get the shit kicked out of me? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, unsettle- yeah. it's unsettling instead of creepy or, 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 uh, or, yeah. or like a horror movie. It's more like a psychological thriller than a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I'd put it. Like, I, I, I find the. I find the like you know abstract sniper more scary to look at than yeah. the you know Cannibal Corpse album covers because I'm like that's gore to the to to a cartoonish extent yeah. that looks like a fucking courtroom sketch <laughs> you know yeah. is this what you saw before the bullet ripped through your arm <laughs> it's like yeah uh so yeah, it, it's a it's a really cool album. Where was where was I at? I was you were got, in the you were in I can see you section. I can see you. You can see me. Drinking and driving is a great song. I love that. You know, drink, don't think, mm-hmm. drive, kill. You know, that's borderline thrash at that point. Retired at twenty one. Um, anger is dripping off this album. Society's tease. It got really heavy, didn't they? Like it's it's all up to you is a cool song. You let me down is one last discordant track. Um, like I say, I heard the twelve track version, not the uh, yeah, not the nine. So yeah, this this album's sick. Like yeah. <laughs> it just so happened to land at number four for me. Yeah, and it's so, yeah, and it's cool that that we we did we did mention I can see you, um, just because it's you know it was the last thing they they put out as, as that version of the band, and then, um, yeah. and then in, in mine because my number four is Family Man from nineteen eighty four, and okay. um, and it it I can also mention which it came out 
the next year, I believe, but the EP, which was called Process of Weeding Out, um, yeah. which is all instrumental. And so it kind of relates to Family Man because it's the same sort of thing. But um, I, I have to admit, my enjoyment of Family Man is is mostly based on the fact that I love the idea of putting out this album that's just going to piss off the punkers. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, because to be completely honest, like I love a lot of like music that would be considered punk, but, um, over the, you know, my 45 years on this planet, and I would say probably, you know, 35 years of being involved with, with musicians and people and music, um, uh, a lot of punks are the most f- fucking annoying people. Um, and they, they are the most like, it almost feels like they're LARPing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the, everything about them is fake. Like they have a, they have to put on a uniform. They have to have this fake attitude in order to be considered punk and everything so about much for it. Nonconformity. Which, which is really weird because punks are the first people to point at other people and call them posers. And I'm like, well, you're the guys in the fucking costumes and you're the ones, yeah. you're the ones like, so many of you not being very true to who you actually are. Um, so anyway, so I love a band like this putting something out in the vein of, like I said, not punk as a sound, but punk as, as in a, a mindset of like, why do we need to do an album the way that everybody does an album? Why can't our album be several tracks where the vocalist is just talking and then we have several tracks on side B that are just instrumentals and we're fucking around with this weird, odd time signature, odd, like, let's just fuck around with music in general. And I think that's fucking great. Now, if Black Flag were a band that only put out music like this, I wouldn't give two shits about them. But putting this out in between My War and Slip It In, that fucking rules. It's the same reason, yeah. same reason, and I know we bring them up all the time, same reason I, I love Lulu. I think Lulu's a great fucking album, but it's weird as fuck. But I also love the fact that they did this big <laughs> comeback with Death Magnetic. And then they're like, oh, yeah, now our next album is going to be a, a collab with Lou Reed. I mean, that's. Yeah, you you close out with you close out with my apocalypse and immediately greeted with. I would cut my legs and tits off when I think of <laughs> Boris Karloff and Kinski. Yeah, yeah. In so, the dark, n- not not that I would con- consider that quote unquote punk. It's just uh, there's a yeah. thing that I like. Small town girl. <laughs> I just like bands fucking with the idea of what a band is because if you if. That, that's the weird thing is that some people have this idea of like, oh, they're supposed to like, you know, care about their fans and think about their fans. And I'm all like, yeah. well, why? Because when everybody came on board to being a fan of that band, they were a fan of what they were doing. Why does it all of a sudden mm-hmm. have to switch to where now the band has to do shit in order to please the fans where previously they did shit and the fans were pleased? You know, so it's like. So it's like, well, why not? Why not just do the things that you want to do? And if the things that you want to do happen to be shit where you're doing the same thing over and over again and you have a good time doing it and everybody's happy, great. Your band's fucking cool. Mm. But 
there's other people that I know deep down inside, they don't want to do the shit all the time, but they feel tied to this idea of like, I have to make a living and I have to like, you know, I, I want to be cool with these fans that are cool to us. And I realize it, it's a real slippery slope and it's, it's one of those, it's a tightrope act, you know, but, um, yeah, but I, and, and so, and I'm never going to fault anybody either way because, you know, there's very few examples where I can point at it and say, that's a literal sellout. A lot of times it's literally just a band wanting to branch out and wanting to get bigger or whatever they fucking want to do. Um, but so I appreciate those big, bold steps, but I also appreciate big, bold steps where you're walking away from people. Like you're just like, look, here's what you expect. We don't want to do that. And hmm. so I love family man literally just for that. But if you want to like jump into it, um, like Armageddon Man's the only one where the whole band plays on it, but it's still pretty weird. Still a pretty weird track. Um, and I'm using the yeah. I'm using the term weird because I'm not very smart. Um, I know I've used the word weird in the past, and people have been like, "That's weird is such a simple way to put things." I'm like, "Well, I'm a simple dude." And then if you if you want something more complicated, you're at the wrong podcast. But um, I think something we need to mention about Armageddon Man as well is that it's almost ten minutes long, which is yeah, yeah unfucking heard of yeah for a for a punk band you know yeah so and and it's a it's so like i said this is also the 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 beginning of the lineup that i love and um honestly i think like i said in the middle of their discography this album to me is very enjoyable i just i i get something really good out of it every time mm. um whether it's kind of a you know kind of me riffing on how kind of angst ridden uh, Rollins was at the time and stuff. And I love, yeah. I love that. Um, but then, you know, Greg Ginn just being this goofy weirdo that just, you know, um, wants to just fuck with <laughs> the music that he's making and, and do this, what, whatever it is. Um, I love it. I love hearing it. It's so much fun. So I, uh, I, it ends up at number four. Um, but there's three legit killer fucking albums that ended up, um, above it. Because they're just killer. So they're fucking killer. The, and then this, my top three. Do we have the same top three? No, we don't have the same. Not top the three. same top three, but we have we have two. We may have the same top two. I don't know. No, we're not going to have the same top two. So, sorry, sorry, not to give anything away. But like <laughs> the, this top three for me, though, it's like you know, I said that in my head and loose nut were so like close together. These three are also like it was really tough for me to order these. Because I love, yeah. I mean, if you look behind me, those are the only three I have on vinyl. Um, I would like okay. all of them on vinyl eventually, but I'll get there. But I've got those three. Um, but they're my three favorites. And so um, I'm excited to hear where my number one lies in your rankings. Let's find out. Okay, so uh, we're on to the top three. After this. My number... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this punk rock ranking has been brought to you by, you know, yeah. <laughs> Pepsi Cola. <laughs> uh, okay, so my number three is slip it in. All right. Okay. Yeah. I had to, I had to say it, I had to say it like that because that's how. It, is it is it Susie Gardner? I, I believe so. From from L seven. Yeah, L seven. I believe yeah. that is her. Um, I don't, not a hundred percent. Yeah, I think Susie so. Gardner. Okay, yeah. I was, I was thinking Judy Gardner. Where, where have I got that name? Is Judy, that from Vixen? Judy Garland. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think because there's like, hang on, I need I need this answered now. Hang on, one sec, because I always got this mixed up, because both are an all female band, but one's glam and one's grunge. Is there okay? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, was was there ever a, Janet Gardner? There we go. Janet Gardner was the front woman for Vixen. And on the edge of a broken, of a broken heart. <laughs> I don't want to fall. I don't want to come. Tune in, tune in we managed to, to talk about Vixen yeah. on a Black Flag podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, tune into the Crankton Rank Black Flag ranking where we mention Vixen at some point. <laughs> Hell yeah. That'll have to happen at some point, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, okay, so yeah, Slip It In. Uh, featuring Susie Gardner from... Uh, you know, on backing vocals and slip it in for a, a bunch of ho- ho- horny noises. Um, <laughs> anyway, like us. Um, so yeah, we're gonna, it in. we're gonna need you to come in to do some horny noises. Are you available next Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like great stuff here. Obviously, the title track, yeah. "Black Coffee," is a classic, awesome song. Love that one. Um, Wound up. I love the guitar oh, sound on this album. They really fattened it up, didn't they? Yep. Like, yeah. It this this for me is where like the production really turns into a zone that I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. This is it still sounds raw, but it sounds well produced as opposed to raw and shittily produced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I love the guitar sound on this album. Rat's eyes is a heavy ass track. Rats Obliteration. Eyes, rats eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Obliteration. Now, there's moments in this song that make me think of Chuck Schuldiner riffs. Um, I mean, and yeah. there is a certain sinister edge to some of the riffs that make me think, you know, that that wouldn't sound out of place on a on a death album. Yeah. Um, the bars is a riffy punker. Mm-hmm. My ghetto is a fast punker, uh, and you're not evil. They, they, they definitely really begin to lean into the metal edge a little bit on this album. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- that kind of starts with My War, but in a more Sabbathy way. This way, it gets into a more thrashier, borderline thrashy kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, like I say, um, th- this is that... I feel like this is the... You know how we both had... I mean, it's... I don't think it's your third, but... You know how we both mentioned in the Metallica ranking that Master of Puppets was our joint third because, like, we believe it's the perfect Metallica album, but it's not our favorite? Yeah. Yeah. That That's how I feel about Slip It In, where it's like, this is fucking incredible. I just happen to like two better than it. But yeah. if someone turned around and said that was their favorite, I, I have nothing to combat that with because it's just fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so... I feel like our top three is going to be completely different. All three. I think all three yeah. are going to be completely different. Um, my number three is My War from 1984. Okay. And um, like I said, these are all very close. And if there's certain there's certain points on My War where like where I was immediately like, oh, this is going to be number one. And then like... You know, it's like it's like hear, hearing I hear a little bit of damage. Oh, it's just gonna be number one, and then I hear my war. Ah, it's gonna be number one, and then I hear slipping. Yeah. Ah, it's gonna be number one, and so it's it was really <laughs> it was really rough. But eventually, I, I I felt okay with putting my war at three. I guess if it's somebody's number one, it's I agree. Also, um, the first it's the first album 
of three and a live album that they would put out in 1984. And um, I love the fact that, I mean, obviously it took a couple years because Damaged was 81. This is 84. And um, they had a lot of legal issues and stuff with the band, with the band name and, uh, and record label bullshit. And so obviously there was a big change, but I just love the fact that in that, you know, few short years, they just decided to throw out the fucking rule book and it still got a punk edge to it to like the first half anyway, but also all of a yeah. sudden there are guitar solos that are just fucking off the wall. And then to top it off, the last half of the album is these slow plotting tracks that most people just fucking couldn't wrap their heads around at the time, and which would yeah. later like lead to, to uh, sludge metal and grunge and things like that. And, you know, and that's an interesting thing. I always thought it was so fascinating that a lot of the, you know, your, your Mark Arm, Kurt Cobain, you know, people like that would talk about seeing Black Flag around this time and about it, the odd thing is they went to this quote unquote punk rock show and were inspired to go listen to Black Sabbath. <laughs> and yeah. so it's like, that's fascinating to me. And um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the all the all of the members of Black Flag at this point, that wasn't an intention. You know, I don't think they were like, oh, we're going to do Black Sabbath style stuff. It, it just it feels like a very natural thing from a group of people. And I'm pointing mostly at Greg Ginn because Greg Ginn plays guitar and bass on this. But um, it feels like he's a guy that's just not satisfied with whatever's going on around him. And I feel like he's probably the kind of person that is obsessed with a new band every week. And sometimes it's a band that existed 40 years ago. And sometimes it's a band that's out right now, but it doesn't matter. Then you're going to come back to him and say, Oh, I finally listened to that band you talked about two weeks ago. And he'll be like, who the fuck was that? Yeah. And so I feel like he's, <laughs> he, especially around this time, he was somebody that was probably taking in so much music and, yeah. funneling it out through his Greg Guinness. And that's, I mean, that this is what we get. We, we start getting what I consider th these amazing, like pushing the boundaries of fucking everything. And, and I, I, I love it. And you got Bill Stevenson on, on drums who fucking rules. And, um, just the fact that they just, they show up again and all of a sudden all these punkers are coming out to see them. And not only are they playing these fucking sludgy songs, they all have long hair and, uh, yeah. And it's just, it's just so because, and I know that they probably had to deal with those same quote unquote punkers that I was complaining about where they think everything is supposed to be a fucking uniform. Like, Oh, if you're a punk band, yeah. you have to dress this way and say these things for the rest of your life. And it's like, if you do that, you're not an actual music fan. You're a fan of a style and you're yeah. to, for, for lack of a better term, you're just doing cosplay. And if you're happy with that, you're bullshit. Yeah. If you're happy bullshit. with that, great. But, um, and I'm not just going to, you know, put that at the, at punk rock. It's, it's, it happens in other, 
areas of music as well. But uh, it happens in metal as well. But yeah, but that's a big reason why I feel so disconnected with so much music because, like, I love a lot of stuff, but I never feel like I'm supposed to all of a sudden be a certain way because of a certain music that I like. Because yeah. as, as soon as as soon as I'm really loving, you know, a, a death metal album, there's going to be uh, an alternative rock album that comes out that also moves me in the same way. And th- yeah. there are the, the my, my I, I was just going to say my ride or die metal mentality died the day I discovered grunge, and I was like, actually, you know, this stuff, this stuff's great too. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's yeah. why, like, I've literally, I, I've said, especially for me, that I was just this perfect age where people were complaining about Headbangers Ball being ruined because they would play songs like No Rain by Blind Melon, and I was the kid going. I love the fact that they played Blind Melon and at the end of the night they played Morbid Angel. Like that's yeah. To me that's fucking perfect. So, but anyway, back to back to my war. Um I feel like they just weren't they they were driven to do something original and um I love it. Um my only problem with my war and a big reason it ends up at number three, even though I love it, is it feels awkward at times because sometimes the mm. starts and stops are kind of off. And it feels like I don't know how it was recorded because it feels like Bill Stevenson is doing his best to play along with the guitar. And so if the guitar goes off, Bill has to fucking correct. And so songs yeah. have this really ah, ah. Ah, and not not, about to fall off the rails not in a proggy way either it sounds like in a they just didn't have their shit together way which you know for sure (laughs) bill stevenson has his shit together he's an amazing drummer so that's that's really it but at the same time maybe that's a characteristic that makes the album what it is and some people would look at that and go well that's why i fucking love it and i i that wouldn't be wrong but um so i love yeah that that's really the biggest reason. If it was a little bit more, if the production felt more like a band, because I I can't divorce myself from thinking, oh well, you know, Greg Ginn had to go back and do the bass guitar. Did they record the bass and the drums together? The guitar and the drums together? How did it work? But it feels it doesn't yeah. feel like a band. It just feels like a an album, and um, I feel like it could have been done better, but it exists in the way that it exists. And I don't think that I would change anything about it, but if I'm having to rank it, it's going at three because of those things, but it's a fucking banger of an album. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. All right. Top two. Cool. Cool. So yeah, my war is my number two. Holy shit. I'm not, I'm not surprised about that. I'm surprised about your number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, so My War, uh, really, as an album, was my introduction to Black Flag yeah. properly. So for, first Black Album, first Black Flag album, sorry, not what? the Black Album. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, reset. Um, so obviously My War appears in GTA Five and was generationally my exposure to it. Um Hell yeah! You know what that my song rules. You, you know what my favorite part of that song is. It's uh, close to Which the. Part? It's close to the end of the song, where it sounds where like skits. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like 
Rollins has walked away from the mic in the vocal booth and he's just ranting on his own. He's like, yeah. You wanted them? I yeah. can't believe you wanted them. Like, like that part, I always, am, them, them. I always, always yeah. imagine that that part that he just has so much aggression. He doesn't know what to do with it and he's pacing around the room and he doesn't even know they're still recording him. He's just like, and I yeah. just, that part feels so real to me that I'm just like, Oh, it's the best part of the whole fucking song. Anyway. Yeah. Where he goes, absolutely skits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. love that. Um, and then Can't Decide is a great song. Beat My Head Against the Wall. You know, the guitars on this feel a bit heavier and sludgier compared to the Damaged. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, so that's a big step up for me because, you know, I like, I like my mixes to have a little bit of weight to them because <clears throat> for as classic as Damaged is, it doesn't have a lot of punch in the production it's more just the raw visceral kind of thing yeah that it succeeds with mm-hmm. um but yeah i love you it's just sardonic and snarky forever time is a punky track the swinging time is has a herky-jerky the sw- feel the to swinging, it the swinging man swinging man sorry i put t- time in forever time and forever time, time swinging time. man yeah <laughs> but when you get to side B, this is where shit gets real. Yeah. Because it's like, hold on. The, no. No, you can't do that, you punk band. <laughs> no. No. They're Sabbath now. I'm not allowed to like it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, they started doing grunge before grunge was a thing. Um, didn't Isn't this song in particular being played by Black Flag in that Metal Evolution episode of... Um, where they're talking about like yeah i think so i've i've I'm watched, trying to I've watched the grunge episode so many times i love that one yeah um and it, it's funny you know metal evolution as a series mainly talks about metal my favorite episode is the grunge episode because it's like does this belong or doesn't it and that's that's what i liked about that but i'm pretty sure nothing left inside is the song that black flag play in that clip i think you're probably right uh, three nights again already subverting the punk norms by playing this like funeral dirge sabbathy stuff yeah uh and and scream is one last one to close out on all of these three tracks on side b are um over six minutes long so not only is it slow it's longer and that's cool has got the okay from me yeah i have to wonder at the time like what was the ratio of people that liked it to the people that were pissed off by it from what i gather a lot of people didn't it was mostly people that didn't like it really yeah wow ahead of the curve yeah 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 seattle liked it (laughs) yeah i think it's i think Um, i think i think the people that did like that were the people that came on board with that album i think the people who were already fans were the ones that were a little bummed out by it or a little a lot bummed out by it but um never ceases to amaze me how like you know punk's always like pushing boundaries but always has to stay the same you know yeah it's funny right anyway um that's that's kind of its achilles heel um yeah um speaking of we'll we'll, we'll go on to my number two which is damaged from 1981 Cool. Um, first album with Rollins, 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 Hingry Rollins. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, that guy. 
who I'm a, I'm a huge I'm a huge Rollins fan. There's a, he is literally if I was gonna say you know my heroes, he would be included in that. Um, just because I've been following him since the early '90s, not only in his music but his you know, spoken word stuff and all of the other things that he's done, acting, whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's a person that, um, hearing him talk over the years and hearing him grow as a person, because you get, I mean, if you if you've been listening to his spoken word stuff since he's been doing it, you do hear a growth in the kind of person that he is and the way that he looks at things and his humor and all these other things. And um, he's just always been somebody that like I've I've related to not only him, but also just his his way of looking at things. Um, And I've always just and just his him being a person that like he never got married. He never had kids. His life is to his life is his work. So he's constantly writing a book. Um, he doesn't do music anymore, but he's, you know, d- doing spoken word shows. If he's not doing that, he's, you know, putting something else together. He's doing, you know, special editions of, of, uh, other bands stuff he's working on. I just, he does a radio show. Um, I just love the fact that he is one of those people that seems like one of the realest motherfuckers when it comes to who he is. Not trying to impress anybody. Um, we'll be the first person to say talk shit about himself. Um, yeah, but I've just I've always loved that. I've always loved, and, and and if you and if you go back and read some stuff and get in the van and some of his early stuff, he it could have gone either way. He could have been a complete douchebag psycho. He had that in him to go yeah. that way, but he didn't, he <laughs> grew from that. And I think a lot of us, I think a lot of, you know, men, a lot, most men in their twenties have the, uh, have that psycho douchebag, um, gene in them that could <laughs> grow. Um, but some of us, some of us don't, some of us keep it at bay. I don't know. But anyway, I've just sort of, I've always just, you know, he, he's the music that he's done a lot of people could point it and go, well, there are better vocalists than him. And I'm like, sure. And then you could point out like his actual bands. Well, you know, the music they wrote, there's way better music out there. Sure. That's fine. But something feels so honest and real about everything that he's done. And so, um, for sure. I've always, I've always loved him. And so that's probably why, you know, I put to me, black flag is, is Greg Ginn and Henry Rollins. Like those two have to be in it for me to really give a damn. Um, anyway, but on the idea of damaged, I love the these early hardcore albums like this one. Uh, I'd also put the first Suicidal Tendencies album in that, where it just yeah. feels like such raw, youthful, honest energy and aggression, unfiltered. Just like this is yeah. how it comes out. And I just, I love that. I enjoy it so much. And to me, this feels like fully formed Black Flag music, where when you listen to the first four years, it feels, like I said, like they're workshopping the idea of what Black Flag could be. And eventually they get there, and then they get the final piece of the puzzle, which is Henry Rollins, and boom, Black Flag. Um, so that's what I, I don't know. That's that's how I've always viewed it. Um, but Damage is like, an iconic album with an iconic album cover. Um, yeah. The only one that has Descadena on rhythm guitar, 
um, which is weird because I'm all like, is he actually playing rhythm guitar on this? I know he played it live, but on the on the album, sometimes I'm like, I only hear one guitar. But I mean, you never know. Um, and I love I love that in this particular case, sometimes the album feels like it's it could go off the rails at any time, but it feels like its momentum is going to keep it going no matter what. And I kind of I, I really enjoy that aspect of the album. Um, but yeah. I, I it's uh, I, I just think that that this is an album that so many bands since have tried to recreate in some sort of way, and most of the time they absolutely fail um, for one reason or another. But um, when it comes to just like straightforward hardcore music, I really think that like Damaged is th- the album. Like I really just put it up there and be like, if I if I was wanting to make that music and if that music was the music that meant the most to me, I would probably yeah. Damage would probably be my favorite album of all time. Um, but you know, different people have different views of what hardcore is, what punk is, whatever. But um, I, I don't think anyone would argue that Damage is a fucking absolute classic and probably you know one of the most important rock albums, rock quote unquote albums um, ever made. So, uh, and that's only my number two. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So I guess that brings me to my number one. Which I, I, I love this. I love this. Yep. And, you know, keeping in, you know, it's almost like Black Flag was the perfect band to be, you know, it's almost designed for people to have hot takes on and my my particular hot take is that my, my favorite black flag album has become loose nut it's so great we didn't match up on anything this episode but but it's really yeah no wow I'm, apart from what the oh yeah but, well that doesn't count what well, fuck that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've already i've already okay. i've already discarded that album and i'm never going to think about it ever again now that we've done this <laughs> <laughs> well uh where where do I start? Loose nut. First things first. Here's here's a a mega big part of why loose nut is my favorite. I love the production on it. Yeah. It feels like it feels like that metallic grunge of the late eighties and early nineties with a little bit of thrash thrown in. Mm-hmm. It's it gives me early Soundgarden, early you know green river the pre pearl jam yeah bands the um you know early alice in chains it's all got a little bit of that on this yeah five years before people really think of what it would become yeah um so loose not love that reverb heavy production and the heavily distorted guitars i think of pr- production wise this is probably the most metal um black flag sounding album yeah i would say i would would agree i've heard thrash albums that sound like this you know yeah um bastard in love is a snarky track annihilate this week is fucking crushing incredible song heavy as balls uh best one yet this won't be the best one yet um modern man heavy ass song this is good damn right it is uh, <laughs> love the weird feel on this um 
I'm I'm the one, not to be confused with Van Halen, but it is an up tempo rocker. Or I'm the uh, one sinking. by Descendants, which that's 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 yeah. more closely related. <laughs> oh man, it, it, there's just so much good stuff on this album. I, I absolutely love it. Sinking the bass line in this is so cool. Uh, now she's black. One last metal edged punker to close out the record. On honestly. The moment this album started, I was like, this is the one. Yeah. This is going to be the one, isn't it? Like, because I'd never heard Loose Nut um, until we started doing this. And, like, as I was listening through the albums, you know, Damaged, awesome. My War, awesome. You know, uh, Family Man's really cool. Slip it in. And then I come across Loose Nut, the first four notes, and I'm already like, oh, oh, they've given me this now? <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, this this to me, you know, considering it's 1985, is the um, logical heavy metal conclusion of their trajectory. Um, in my head, being okay, we've done the metal thing now. Let's get really fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, but loose nut for me is the peak of that kind of evolution that they would like kind of undertake. And honestly, you know, I know it's. It may be a hot take, but honestly, from my own personal point of view and experience listening to these albums, it wound up being my favorite. And I think it deserves more love than it gets. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm totally behind your number one, just because it's it's my favorite lineup of Black Flag, but also it's probably the most collaborative that that lineup was on an album. So yeah, it, it's it's a great it's a great number one. I I I, uh, I also love that album, but yeah, that one's. But, you know, my, the, my number one had to go to Slip It In from 19, hey, 1984. Nice. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's hard to explain with Slip It In because it's, you know, it's the third album they put out in 1984, their fourth album total. And I feel like they had some time. One, they actually got the, the lineup that I love together. So they're a full, full band, fully formed band. But I feel like they've had the year to put out these put out you know a, a banger of an album where they experimented a little bit and then a really experimental kind of thing and then they've been touring their fucking asses off i think like around this time they were playing like 150 shows a year or some shit like that like it was crazy amounts of of shows but um and then they they it's almost like the culmination of all of that was slip it in where it's mm. just to me, so well done and um, just a tighter, better sounding, almost like everything from my war kind of just improved. And I love my war. Um, and uh, I really think that with slipping in, like I, th I think with a lot of our rankings, I always try to look at things like if I was going to point somebody to a black flag album to start with, clearly I, I don't want, to go with anything really early because they ended up doing weird shit. So I'm all like, well, what's the album that I feel is kind of in the middle of all that where it's punky. There's enough punkiness, but there is enough in there for you to go, hold on. There's a little, there's something odd about this band. And you can be like, why? Yes, <laughs> they, <laughs> they did do some odd things. Um, and I feel like this is just the most focused kind of presentation of 
all of those worlds where it can live in the punk and hardcore world and it can live in the world that inspired grunge and thrash bands or whoever the fuck it is that it inspired later on. So, um, yeah, I really, I really think that when it comes to the best representation of what black flag were capable of at, at their peak, I think slip it in is that album. And it's got so many fucking bangers on it. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't, I, I don't have a lot more to say about it because I really do think that especially my top three, like those first three, I mean, I'll, I'll even throw family man in there as well. Uh, but so those first four full lengths that they put out, I really just, um, they're, they're so good as a discography that I just, I'm just like, fuck, I don't, I, I don't know where to put it. And I, I would, you know, I'll include loose nut in there as well, because I, you get to, you get to in my head and, and it does sometimes feel like it was meant to be more of a Greg Ginn thing than a band thing. But mm. just that, I love that kind of discography from a band where they start somewhere and they really like for it's almost like made for this kind of thing for a, 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 a podcast where two dudes just sort of take into account what a band actually accomplished over a period of years. Um, and in this case, it was only a period of just a fucking few years, really. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slipping in is my number one. Uh, love it. Cool. Love it. Um so yeah. You want to do the thing? <laughs> we, we, we do it. <laughs> Let's do it as we normally do when we finish the uh, finish a discography. We celebrate by doing this. Three, two, one, yeah, yeah, we did, we did it, we did it, man. Damn, 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 damn. <laughs> I love how you you went for my war. I went for Family Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. No. Um. That's been okay. uh, that's been uh, that's been fun. There are certain bands that we eventually get to, and I'm just like, I know this is going to be fun, and it was fun. Which yeah, was very nice absolutely. for me because I really didn't have a lot of fun with Dream Theater. <laughs> <laughs> the funnest part oh, of Dream Theater man. was just talking about it with you. Everything else about it, I was just like, oh, god damn it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you liked Awake, though, which I, I, I liked. I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are things here and there that I did like. So that's, you know, I think that's probably mm. what made it worse was there were things that I did like and it was kept getting sabotaged by other shit, but... Anyway, whatever. That's a totally <laughs> go back and listen to our two-parter of Dream Theater. If for some reason you're a person that wants to hear about Black Flag and then Dream Theater, <laughs> we got you covered, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, well, that's that's like that's like our approach to you know that's the whole Black Flag thing. It's like you know we'll give you prog metal and then immediately follow it up with hardcore punk. Yeah, and. That's basically what we how we schedule our episodes is never do the same kind of thing unless it's like a two part. Yeah, and, you know. and I'm pretty sure the next actual artist we do is uh is totally different than both of those. So um, well, I have 
I have a little I have a little stipulation with that uh, that I wanted to I wanted to field your way first before we before we do that one. We'll talk we'll talk about another it. Ar- we'll talk about yeah. it off of the episode. You guys can't be privy to all of our meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, but, a behind the scenes video isn't off the cards, but you aren't you aren't getting any you aren't getting any set lists or anything. Nah, but I, we can yeah. tell you that next the next episode that you will see from us. Um, we will be doing another year, um, our yes. top ten of a particular year. So, um, so that'll be fun. But then after that, we jump on doing another discography of of somebody, and um, everyone will have a great time. Um, I, wa- I want to thank, as usual, all the peanut butter platypuses. That's all the people that um, last through an entire episode. That's fine. Also, if you're one of those people that doesn't care what we're talking about, you're just here because of us. Um, you, uh, I, 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 I love that. I don't, it may, it's so, it's weird for me to wrap my head around that. Cause like sometimes people are like, I just love hearing you guys talk. I'm like, Oh really? Cause sometimes I annoy myself, but I mean, um, <laughs> but I, it's great because it's like, why are we doing this? You know, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Apparently people do. And they're the peanut butter platypuses. Thank you very much. You guys are you're fucking hell weird. yeah. Um, so yeah, no no need to don't need to hang around anymore. We, we we can make this you know we can wrap this up like a black flag album in just um, you know thirty minutes. It's been way more than thirty minutes, <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, in one episode we packed it in. All right, that's it. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, and uh, as usual, I'm gonna throw it over to my good buddy Eddie Sparks to take us out. Dude, you're one of them. You say the episodes end, but you're one of them. You gotta keep doing that. Them, them, Lay down, dude. I can't believe it. Lay down, dude. 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 The good one. <laughs> just pretend. <laughs> just pretend that we did that, and it was better. All right. Yeah. Bye, everyone.